1: birthday it would have been
0: can i come in for one
1: minute a minute there is a way to get them back back from where where
0: they go? haven't been able to idea her yet
1: she's my sister there's someone else's blood you yeah.
0: Hello and welcome to the Maths Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 526. Releasing April 28 on Shudder is From Black, a supernatural horror thriller that stars Anna Camp as a recovering drug addict and grieving mother who, in a bid to find out what happened to her long-lost son, partakes in a bizarre ritual that results in unspeakable consequences. A dark and heartbreaking supernatural story of heavy yet grounded emotion and beautifully crafted horror filmmaking. From Black also marks the latest film from director Thomas Marquis, who I'm glad to say he joins me now on a podcast. Thomas, how are you today?
1: I'm great. I'm great. Thanks. How are you? I'm very well, thank
0: you. And, you know, I watched From Black a few nights ago. It's a movie that's really stuck with me, um, and I was really curious in regards to the creation of this, of this uh, movie. You co-wrote the screen, screenplay with um, Jessup Flower, and... It's interesting in that it's like these, it's a story of kind of like two hearts, but they come together to make a a perfect whole. On one end, you have this drama about a woman who's really dealing with what is is many parents' nightmare, like the the loss of a child. Um, Mm. And then on the other end, you have this supernatural, almost Faustian kind of horror story there as well. When it came to merging those together, does one come before the other? Did they both kind of come conceived at the same time? How does it all kind of come together um, that you and Jessup kind of bring all these uh, different elements together for this one story?
1: Well, the, the aim was to uh, make season one of true detective fold into hereditary. That was kind of our goal, right? So, so it was kind of from the beginning. I, I, my background, I was a homicide detective for about 15 years. So I have um, you know, I've, I've lived all of that stuff. Like, uh, like uh, I've just lived all of that horror, like uh, through other people's, you know, tragedy. And, and um, you know, I, I, I I knew I wanted to touch on that, you know, all of that, uh, all those, that darkness, but then what if, you know, what if there was a scenario where, um, you know, you could, undo something like that and like what what kind of price would that would that entail, you know? So that was kind of where that concept came from. But yeah, no, that was a very conscious uh decision to kind of take it from really, really grounded reality and then fold it into a horror movie kind of halfway through where you're like like just floored. So that was the that was the aim. You know, kind of a you know, because a lot of people with like an 824 type movie, like which are the movies that I like love. Um, like take something like the witch that was marketed as horror, but it's not really horror. So then you have horror fans ticked off because, you know, they feel like they got misled or like, it wasn't really horror. So I wanted to kind of like feed that part of me that loves that really smart um, kind of elevated horror, but then actually also deliver on the horror. So hopefully, you know, we were able to do that.
0: Well, you do and. Them- you know, what I really love about From Black, and, and it's it's something that I, I need in my horror movies, no matter if it's like a, a slasher or deals with supernatural, whatever, I need the stakes to be grounded. I need to be and, able to invest in the characters, and I need the emotions to be real. So when shit does hit the fan and, like, some things happen, I can really buy, in, buy into it because it's all about what's at stake here. Yeah. And in regards to the character of Koros, played by Anna Camp, she deals with two very real tangible kind of like um, emotions I think parents especially will feel um, guilt and desperation Um, and those are really kind of like intoxicating kind of like these things can make you do really dumb things right which we we can see Um, when it comes to guilt and desperation especially regards to messing with the what I call the dark arts what do you think it is that you know we've seen we've heard stories and, and, and seen stories before about in regards to you know, people messing with dark elements and the dark arts and and other worldly kind of things. What is it about these kind of things that people want to mess with to get to, you know, the truth that they're looking for? Do you think it's just a thing where they've, they've tried every other means of, of trying to get to the bottom of what happened in their lives and they're just left with nothing le- left with nothing else but you know this last-ditch effort is that why where core is at in her life you think because there is a moment in the film where she pretty much is 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 presented with this opportunity and she says no i'm not interested but then she changed her mind later it's really kind of interesting kind of like a, a bit of a 180 from her in the movie
1: yeah yeah i mean that very much so and it's not a I I think it's less of a 180, more of a kind of a looking at it from the outside. It it seems like a 180, but initially, even though the, you know, the, the rational human in her wants to tell the guy to piss off inside of her, inside that mother's heart, she's thinking like, if there's any truth to this being, I, I gotta, I gotta give it a shot. I mean, this is kind of a morbid kind of analogy, but it's kind of, if like, uh, if a bomb threat gets called into a school m- more often than not it's it's not legit right it's just a hoax but you can't treat it as such right you have to ex- you have to go and make sure that that's not actually happening so they have to clear everything and search everything because you can't just so it's that's kind of like that desperation in that mother's heart it's like of course this is probably bullshit but what if it's not like i can't afford mm. to ignore that It just in case there's just the slightest chance. So I think that's kind of a, that's kind of the, the psychology, right? That's the, that's where she's at. And, and it's, I don't know if she, you know, she, yeah, the exhausted everything for sure, but I I don't think, uh, and it's also something that would never occur to this kind of normal everyday person, right? It's like something so out of the blue, but then um, she's just at the end and, and just what if, it's just a what if, how do you not explore it and uh, sleep at night, right? Because uh, you, you, of course, most people are going to tell that guy, you're out of your mind, you know, what are you talking about and then move on with their lives. But when you're laying there in bed at night and your child has been missing for years and you're desperate, you're going to go knock on that door, you know?
0: As the character who knocks on that door, Anna Camp as Cora, I think, delivers one of her best performances.
1: and It's really interesting because I've seen a couple
0: of films of her of late, and I think a lot of people kind of associate her with more kind of light affair. You know, they think about Pitch Perfect, they think about other films. I watched her in a faith-based film uh, not long ago, Um, and there is that, and she does that really well. Um, but the, I think this performance is, is is one of her best, if not her best, because she really does go, dive into that guilt and desperation that the Cora character have. Um, meeting with Anna and her interest in the role what was it like um, from her end. Is this a movie that she was, a type of role that she was really looking for? Was she kind of uh, I'm not don't want to put words in her mouth. Was she in any way kind of like just wanted to search for something that had a little bit more meat to the bone, a little more darkness to the character, and and that's what you when Jessup kind of presented to her.
1: One hundred percent. She's she's been pigeonholed a little bit just because she had success in kind of that lighter fare so that Hollywood all keeps wanting to put her back in those movies and those shows and, yeah. and everything, which she's, you know, super grateful for. And she's t- 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 amazing in all in, in all those things. But she's there's a huge part of her that's, uh, you know, dying to do deeper, more, you know, nuanced and heavier and roles that um so she was all over this like like um really excited to do it and it's kind of funny because she she uh Kelly and I are my producer Kelly Fraser one of my producers uh kept going to her they had just did just done a movie together previously not too not too long ago and Kelly kept taking names to her about actors we were talking to and looking at for Cora. And what do you think about this gal? And, Oh yeah, she's good. And, or, you know, yeah, I think she'd be great or, or, you know, I'm not so sure whatever. And then eventually she's like, what, what is this? Like, what are you doing? Can I read it? And Kelly gave it to her and she read it in about an hour and just got back to us. And I just, she's, I have to do this. She just said, I had, I have to do this to do this movie and uh, that, uh, you know, and it was just really exciting because I didn't think she'd be into it, first of all. And then, um, or I, I, yeah, I just didn't think she'd want to do it. And then just seeing her, I cannot wait for people to see Anna in this movie because she's never done anything like this before. And it's Mm -hmm. so heavy and her performance is just absolutely incredible. It's incredible. And John Ailes too her, her, you know, it was, is amazing in this movie. Really John Dale
0: is great in the film. He plays um Abel. Um, interesting use of the name as well. Anyone knows the biblical context of the name um can can like you know draw some conclusions in regards to that. But he does very much kind of like he's part of a, like her support group of like of, of of people who have like kids that are have been abducted or missing and and he kind of like plays kind of like a uh, he has a shared trauma with her. But he's kind of like the instigator. He's the one that kind of brings everything forward to her. To kind of he's kind of like. Yeah. Almost, I don't want to give away too much but kind of like is the one that kind of pushes mm-hmm. her towards that towards that Blackness um when it comes to that that notion of, of shared trauma I'm sure yourself as a detective you have seen a lot of that wouldn't you like a lot of people victims coming together and trying to help each other out as well mm-hmm. um how much of of that kind of like background in regards to yourself um do you share with your actors in regards to the real life kind of like um uh emotions real life um uh, consequences in real life, kind of like support groups that these um, a lot of people, victims of these of these crimes, will go through. Um, do um, do you share kind of like stories? Do you share is there any t- do you share cases? Do you share anything like that um, to try to help your actors get into really to the, the crux of who these characters are, which which again goes back to that those themes of uh, guilt and desperation.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, not on, not on the day, like not on set, but, you know, we spent a ton of time together and, and we all lived together in, in Airbnbs and, in Natchez, Mississippi, where we were shooting this. So it was really cool, kind of a, kind of a film camp vibe. Like we would, we're all, we were always together. And so, um, yeah, I imparted tons of stories and, and, and things like that. But I, uh, you know, that, that of my career and, and everyone's always really interested in it because it's such a different world than, than they live in. But I, um, but honestly, in terms of performance, um, you know, I would love to to be one of those directors that that talks about how, you know, they bring performances out of people and whatnot. I, I just don't i there there's ways to to get to tweak performance and 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 kind of mold you know, nudge and and things. but in in my opinion, like, I can't take any of that credit. They just were unbelievable and I and I um I really let them just kind of do their thing and I and I in terms of performance there were times where because I'm really I'm a DP too so I'm really technical and the image is very important to me and and um uh, uh so all of those things are are kind of you know hold equal weight with me but in terms of performance I was just I was so lucky to, to be able to just let them run and do their, do their thing. And, and I would, if you take any one scene that, 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 that you might be really impressed with a performance, I might've nudged or tweaked things two, three, four, five 5%. But other than that, they just, they just crushed this movie. Like their performances are absolutely unbelievable. It's by far as, as, you know, I, I think our DP is a mad genius, our gaffer was amazing, art department was incredible. But if I had to if I would have to say one thing that the one thing that I'm most proud of in the movie it's definitely the performances just unbelievable. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by T Public. T Public is the world's
0: largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, T Public is sure to have something you love. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Amazon, the world's leading online store. Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top ten lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. So this leads to the ritual aspect of the movie. Um, the ritual I was talking about in the introduction. I don't want to give away too much about you know what it leads to, but just the ritual itself. You know. I know that when it comes to, you know, you didn't really base it in any type of real-life mythology or anything like that, I know that. But what type of inspirations do you kind of pick from when it comes to creating this kind of thing? Because to me, I see a kind of like a lot of religious things. I see a lot of theological kind of things in there as well. Is it kind of like a blending of kind of like Hollywood, like horror tropes mixed in with kind of like religious kind of stuff and you just kind of meld it all together into your own kind of concoction?
1: Yeah, very much that. Exactly that. We wanted to make sure that I wanted I wanted the grounded, the real world part of the movie to be completely grounded and, and, and uh, so that we when we did get to the fantastical stuff that we could just kind of had license to kind of do whatever we thought was cool. And we did bring in, you know, religious elements and, and occult elements and things. But um, we wanted to make sure that it was kind of like, we didn't get too close to anything real or, or, um, that anyone would really recognize or anything. And I'm sure there's people that are, that are into, uh, uh, you know, the occult and that kind of thing that would watch us and be like, that's ridiculous. And that's not how it works. And, and I get it. I, I totally understand that, but we wanted to make sure that our goal was to just make the grounded stuff as grounded as possible so that we would have a basis of reality when we went into the fantastical stuff and then we just kind of made it all up it was just but but what i think is cool is that on you know there's the there's the verbiage and all of that that's that seems pretty uh uh i don't know what the word would be um uh kind of on the surface but then i like the all the mumbled chanting and, and things that john does i thought that was really cool to go to really um introduce them the mystery to leave mystery because you don't know what he's chanting or what it, you know th- those are the kind of things that i think are really cool they kind of tie it all together so yeah it was fun to play with that stuff but we we certainly didn't do a ton of like occult research or anything like that for for better or for worse i don't know you know hopefully it worked but
0: well it works and, and also you know i think you and i I'm, I'm sure you're much as a film buff as i am i think we've heard too many type of uh Weird stories from sets like the human and the exorcist where they're dealing <laughs> with what I call the dark arts and then all of a sudden a fire yeah. gets lit in some bloody studio. So it's always yeah, exactly. just to keep a nice safe distance uh from that stuff. Yeah. Um I'm I want to that talk about this. Yeah. yes, oh yeah, oh, that's right. You're in that old house, you don't know what you'll be evoking in that place. Um <laughs> speaking of your DP Duncan Cole when you work with him and you yourself, a uh, background as a cinematographer as well, when it comes to the visuals in the film, they're really rich. Um, the, the darks are really dark and the 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 yeah. sequences in the film, they kind of like almost like dream sequences are just really kind of mesmerizing, but there's a thickness to the texture of the, of the images as well. that are really appreciated as well. When it came to that kind of that kind of stuff and, and the other dealing more with the fantastical kind of stuff as well, how do you like to, to approach it? Do you have a visual diary? Do you storyboard? Um, What's the approach that you and Duncan kind of have towards those kind of visual elements in the film?
1: You know, that's probably the the only, w- this film literally could not exist if we hadn't been as prepared as we were. Because, um, you know, we shot in 20 days, which is crazy. It was really ambitious shoot. And, you know, I I had been sitting with the script forever, kind of in a vacuum, um, you know, Jessup and I, and then trying to get it made. We almost got it we almost started right when COVID hit and we had to pause and we had all these different changes and, and it, it gave me a long time to develop everything. And I, so I had time to board it all myself. Then Duncan is uh he lives in New Zealand. So Duncan and I over zoom boarded the whole movie again over about you know f- 15 20 hours of zoom time and then when he got here he got here nice and early so we took an entire week and physically walked he and i walked every location over about a, a week a little longer than a week and we boarded it again so that we never ever it, you know it, bo- boarding a movie with your dp in the location is the most valuable thing you can do in my opinion for a movie because we we over that tw- those 20 shooting days we never ever had a day where we showed up on set and we're like, man, where are we going to put the camera? I'm not quite sure. Cause you know, most every movie has those days and we just, we just didn't. I and mean, we, we're for, you know, our first two days, we, we wrapped that, we were way ahead on time, which first two days on a movie, you know, that's a big time morale booster. So, um, and, and as far as like the way that we work together, Duncan is just incredible. I mean, I'm a DP. I consider myself, I've got a good eye and I'm, I consider myself a competent DP, but man, he's just on another level. And what was really cool about that is that, you know, I'm not the kind of director that just go set the camera over there. I need a medium. Like that's not, I got to, I'm, I'm really involved in the image, but Duncan is so talented that um, essentially my, my, my experience as a DP, the most valuable thing that it lent this movie was just, the fact that he and I had a common language and we could communicate and, and uh, that was the biggest plus because um, beyond that, it's just the guy is just incredibly talented. Like just, I, I never want to make a movie without him. He's amazing.
0: And now another great thing about the movie as well is the score. I mean, I want to, I want to soundtrack for this film. I mean, Luigi Johnson, what he did with the score in this movie is I fantastic. There are, I mean, there are horror movies that use kind of like ominous kind of foreboding scores and they kind of seem kind of, you know, stock and such. But what what Luigi does in this film, it's such a mood setter. It really is. And I found it incredibly impressive because not only does it match the tone of the, um, the characters' emotions and the visuals as well, but what I really appreciate about his score is that I think too many horror filmmakers these days use score as kind of like another tool to kind of put in a jump scare. This movie doesn't have jump scares, number one, which is awesome. I love it. It's all about mood. It's all about kind of like, you know, Mm -hmm. that grounded emotion we're talking about. But what I also love about this movie is that when that score kind of hits, not only are you invested in it as a separate kind of piece of art, separate piece of music, but it also accompanies the visuals so well. Um, When you first hear that score and you see it kind of pieced together, um, you had to have known, right? That you just uh, you just struck gold there, uh, horror gold there, because it's just fantastic, right?
1: Well, yeah, incredible. I mean, early on, another uh, another benefit is I, I've been a musician like my whole life, so Luigi and I had a common language as well. So that's it was huge. I mean, I got to essentially what we did. We started really, really early, literally years ago, and he wrote like Cora's theme, like that lullaby and just blew me away with that. And, and I just knew that, you know, I had the right guy and it was just incredible everything that he was doing. But then once we had picture locked, I actually went to his to his studio and sat next to him for weeks and we crafted the score together and to be there real time uh, while this was, you, you know, we were putting this thing together was just unbelievable. And he's so, um, the, the way that that world works movie music uh, is like, if you're lucky enough to work with one of the big, the, you know, the, the big uh, composers in, in the, in the business, you know, they employ like legions of really talented musicians that piece these giant scores together. And then those really talented musicians get like a little tiny throwaway credit. So I, it's just really exciting to me that this is Luigi's first, like legit like his name is stamped on this thing and it's just real i'm really proud of it because the score is badass it's just incredible and he just brought so much i can't even i I, that's another thing that i'm immensely proud of with this movie is the score so i'm really thank you and i'm really glad that you touched on that because he deserves kudos for for days like the guy's incredible
0: it does i mean if i if it is going to be like a soundtrack or Spotify playlist or whatever, I'll listen to it again in the heartbeat because it is it is very dark and foreboding, but it's still very well composed and put together. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I loved it. And some of it's beautiful. Um, when it, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it. Mm-hmm. it, it it hits all of those kind of emotional wavelengths but it hits that perfect blend of kind of like um, drama and genre and it kind of like hits that kind of wavelength in between i I really love that it's just one one of the reasons why i love this film so much Um, i want to talk about yourself as as a filmmaker as a director you did a documentary beforehand the documentary fallen now you've got a feature film under your belt um what is what do you foresee for yourself moving forward are you looking are you going to go back and forth between documentary and features again are you looking more into horror um are, are you going to use your experiences as a, a new york detective to maybe uh a detective to um do uh, a crime story i mean what type of uh what do you foresee yourself doing in the future yeah moving forward?
1: you know i like dark stuff so i'm always going to be doing you know um grittier darker things but not necessarily all horror i mean i'm definitely never going to do a documentary again i mean i can't say never but it just took a lot out of me and and just the nature of that thing was just really really heavy and i i i I feel like i've kind of done that and i got really really lucky and had early success with my first feature so i it's i'm really really lucky so um i i I think i've kind of conquered that um in a personal way and so you know my next thing was something that i've been developing even before from black and it's just it's a like a dark um, kind of a in tone, kind of a seven ish serial killer kind of thing, but it kind of flips that whole thing on its head. So that's probably my next project right now that, um, that Ailes and I are working hard on, on getting that thing off the ground. So um, that's exciting. And, uh, and then we've also, there's talks of like, we've got pieces of a Western put together, but again, you know, it's going to be, far to do it it's going to be really really dark and not just for the sake of being dark that's just that's just the art that i like i like dark oh. stuff so um yeah so in terms of g- genre i'm certainly not going to be pigeonholed but i but it will be it'll be heavy that's for sure i'm not i'm not a comedy guy so um speaking of that though you know the funny moments in this movie i'm beyond grateful for because there were not a whole lot in the script and and luckily you know anna just brought so many little hilarious moments that were not intended that are just gold so that and, and I, you know we didn't know until we were done with the movie how badly the movie needed those moments so if if we didn't have any of them it would have been pretty uh pretty rough uh ride you know
0: well i gotta say from black is a fantastic movie as I've, I've said numerous times now it's one of the my favourite films of the year it really is, and one of wow. my favourite horror films of the year as well, because it really does, Amazing. it hits the exact balance of the stuff of what I want from a horror movie. I like dark movies as well. I like movies that delve into the supernatural stuff, and I like when they do it with, with a real kind of, like, around us. You need that those stakes. I don't know how many times I have to say that to, to people. Yeah. You need the stakes in the characters so everything else can kind of flourish around that. And for everyone else who is like me wants to watch, like, a great, moody, character-driven horror movie, April 28 on Shutter from Black. Um, I really recommend people check this film out because you're going to see something really awesome. I, I really do. I believe that. And uh, Thomas, I thank you so much for your time today. I can't wait to see what you do next, man. I mean, I, Thanks, I'm man. totally blown away. But what um from Black and um, yeah, whenever you got something coming out, man, give me a year. I'll have to watch it. I love to talk to you again. It's been a pleasure.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll we'll get it to you nice and early. Whatever we do next.